connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Denver Comic-Con 2016. We have a fantastic interview lined up for you. Enjoy. Welcome to the very last interview at Denver Comic-Con yeah. 2016. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm Ryan, and I am with two gentlemen who are going to introduce themselves to you. Go! I'm Alex D'Elia. I'm the writer and publisher of Isis the Untouchable, a story of depravity in Denver. And I'm David Espy. I'm the illustrator of Isis the Untouchable. So we did an interview with you guys last year also. We want to try and do one every year if possible. Cool. I'm always welcome to come on and <laughs> do an interview. I like we, to be a repeat offender. We, we like people that come back and then it, you know, it makes us feel good. It's like a hug, you know, yeah. honestly. Well, we'll hug you as many times as you guys want <laughs> good. over the course of the year. Good. And you can hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Absolutely. Sorry. I, I forgot. I'm like, I need to hear them. But then I didn't think. I said, like, can they hear me? <laughs> let, let, let's uh, think about what I'm asking people and what I'm doing. So tell us about your book. Um, so it's a, about a female serial killer in Denver named Isis Rodriguez. And um, we kind of follow her in sort of like a Henry portrait of a serial killer type scenario um, where it's just kind of going from event to event. Um, and then we quickly learn that um, she's not the only one in town doing what she's doing. And so um, the short end of it with where the story's going, I like to compare it to like the Warriors, if the Warriors was about serial killers. And then, right <laughs> and then we get, and then we go even further, bug nuts, uh, crazy uh, after after issue five, which is about to come out. Cool. Yeah, it's very it's very meditative in a way as well. It's like a you know from the perspective of the serial killer of, of Isis Rodriguez, uh, which you don't see too often. Um, but pop I that mean, open. The the slow burn, I guess, of uh, film noir and just meditation in general I, I think comes through no. the way we uh, see her murder people which is kind of cool like um, everyone likes like to take time skull split things. in half yes yeah yeah yes I mean the, <laughs> she she would take her time doing that even though it, that's a, a very quick way to end oh, someone oh that, uh, that's you guys on the inside cover yeah <laughs> right. I'm being an we, asshole we like we if I if I could, we could put ourselves in and and others in general, and then and bring them back and kill each other in, in multiple ways, you know, because that's always fun. So, how fun was it to do this huge two page splash page of her just killing people? It was fun for me to write it. I don't know how fun it was for David to draw it. Uh, it was super fun. It was incredibly uh, nerve wracking. Yeah, is is the word to to use. Um, did you give him uh, how she was going to kill everybody, or did you come up with them? We, uh, it was kind of half and half. I had like, there's, here's some specific, uh, methods of murder we wanted to do, but, but David did all the cool stuff, like strategically placing it in some way. Like, yeah, you see that it looks like she's next to a wall when she gets, uh, her eye cut, but it's actually a building that someone's being thrown out of. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I like the, uh, heart being ripped out. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I liked, uh, I wanted it to be very <laughs> Kim Jong G esque in its, in its inception, uh, everything bleeding in, into one another, um, and going through the, the checklist of so many kills to make, it it became nerve wracking and difficult. And like, oh, how am I going to make all of these things blend into each other? And I, so I came across a lot of trouble 
um, doing those things specifically. And I just picked one and then let other organic deaths, if you are organic murders, uh, grow from that. And then you, I'd find a spot within the page. Um, so, like, it only made sense to, for some weird reason, I don't know, back when I did it that I can't remember, to have when the the couple, the, the young teen that are that are that are fucking under this tree and then they get their heads decapitated. I'm like, oh yeah, from the roots of that, it, it would make sense to just have uh, an op- a surgical operation going down and she's wearing a nurse outfit, but she's taking out this guy's heart <laughs> and making him look at it at the same time. Uh, so we were just, we were just uh, <laughs> talking about murder scenes. So I guess my follow-up question to that would be, is how do you write a book that people want to read where the main character is so despicable? It's a good question. Um, I think deep down we secretly like to see that. Um, that's why we, when I write this, I want it to be a slasher movie from the slasher's perspective. Um, because we always follow the victims and stuff, but we're really just waiting for them to die as soon mm-hmm. as possible. So this book kind of just doesn't pretend to care about any of the victims and just sort of see what's going on in the psychological uh, process of racking up creating a costume iterating on that costume and all that yeah I feel like uh, like when we when we were doing the first issue the first issue has some sexual violence uh, Isis gets assaulted by her husband and that's her first victim um, and so in, in my in, in my personal experience uh, in my world, I've, I've been around rape and sexual assault and had to deal with that personally, and so it was tough to uh, draw that, um, but I think there was a le- there's always been a level of me wanting to get revenge, you know, the, the, the idea of, of revenge in general and, uh, and being vindictive is, is natural from anger, you know, when someone has been wronged so, so much and so deeply. Um, and so it was an outlet, you know, I, I would just, my, my personal, uh, I guess, belief system is, is very passive, and um, so it, the, both of those things conflict a lot, but, you know, acknowledging your, your dark tendencies, or acknowledging your anger and, and everything is, is healthy at least to know that it exists so you can deal with it properly. So once I was able to see that it was an outlet, I was comfortable drawing whatever. And then at that point I had fun and that was like a safe environment to, to be like the worst part of myself <laughs> in a weird way, you know? Uh, and so yeah, so from there, from that first issue, then following her story and following her craft of uh, becoming a serial killer, became more of just exploring that story and less about the ultra-violence or, or caring about about that because the, the focus of the, of the story was not just, yeah, let's, let's just have an excuse to draw you know, disgusting and depraved things. Mm-hmm. It's, let's have an excuse to create with creative ways to make her do awful things. And so is her... So what's her reason behind doing this? Do we know? Or is you just put us in mid-story? We are kind of in mid-story where she's sort of like in the middle of this turmoil with her husband. And then um, the next day she's at a bus stop and sees two homeless guys beat the shit out of each other and sees um, that there's such a nice cause and effect to physical violence that it fascinates her. And so we're just kind of chasing this perverse fascination that she does. 
And then, um, so we're learning to be serial killers with her? Pretty much. We advertise this as the world's most dangerous comic book because we feel like you probably could learn how to be a serial killer <laughs> from, from reading it. So where does the idea, besides from the slasher point of view, where does the idea come from to make a book like this? Um, <laughs> I was, I'm very inspired by movies um, like 1970s, 1980s exploitation serial killer movies. Um, I really like Abel Ferrara movies like uh, Miss 45 and The Driller Killer. And then Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and stuff like that. Um, and I just kind of like how those movies were just so grungy. And they existed in New York and Chicago, and I wanted to make something like that, but set it in Denver and make Denver like this really grimy place that it isn't in real life, but kind of make the, put this surreal filter over the whole thing. So do you, make, do you feel that Denver is a character in the book then? Absolutely, yeah, totally. In fact, um, without giving too much away, um, the airport has a lot to do with something that happens in issue six and going forward. Nice. And so, uh, good man. Um, so, you're drawing Denver. Do you draw it realistically or do you draw it as a character? Um, uh, I, I've gone through Denver um, in parts I've been before to get just composition down um, for certain areas and in the first few issues um, it's so focused on her perspective of like, like her mind's eye so I guess the, the landmarks came through but like drawing Denver realistically like everywhere uh, didn't really come about until like issue 4 and, and 5 which coming out in a couple of weeks that one like I was like oh I have a, I have a great opportunity to draw realistic landmarks say like Rhino District and add certain um, uh, elements or certain you know, places that they go so that yeah next time if someone reads that issue and then goes to Rhino District and they recognize that you know in the back of their eye in the back of their mind they're going to be like Hmm, well, maybe this is over there, and then I might go explore it. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a real place that I drew in. Um, it, it, it's not. You know, you're not going to find ISIS running around hurting <laughs> a bunch of people. Um, but I like the idea now crafting you know, that, that realism in, based around certain landmarks. Yeah, I mean, we kind of do a, a ver- our own version of famous spots. Like, there's... Um, her watching VHS tapes is a big thing that keeps fueling her fire and trying to be as creative as possible. And so she goes to a place called Video City, which is the reverse address of Video 1 on Downing Street. And so we just kind of try and make like these mirror images where okay. things could actually be you know, a version of what they are, but they're not. So where can we find your book? Uh, you can find it online at isistheintouchable.com. Uh, yeah, uh, it's called uh, E-Y-E-S-I-S. Yeah, E-Y-E-S-I-S. Uh, you can find it in print, too, at Mutiny Information Cafe. Uh, Mile High Comics. Mile High Comics. I uh, want more comics. I want more up in Thornton. And then uh, Griffin Comics up in Fort Collins uh, for those who are that north. Very cool. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. I know it sucks that we have this weird iPhone now. No, it's fine. Thanks for rolling with us. Good luck with the book. 
Um, and thanks for making Denver a scary place to live. Yeah, man. That's the best thing we can do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Um, it, we, it's been a year since we debuted this in print at Comic-Con last year. So it's really cool to see where it's come. And it's cool to talk to you guys again yeah. for a second year. Absolutely. So thanks, guys. Yeah, thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for listening to this exclusive interview from Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2016. I'd like to thank Denver Comic-Con and Pop Culture Classroom for giving us this opportunity. Thanks. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.